Welcome to God is Open. I'm your host, Christopher Fisher. Today on God is Open, we're going to be reviewing the movie Paul, the Apostle of Christ. And this is a movie starring Jim Cavezel, and I like Jim Cavezel as an actor. He played in the 2008 miniseries The Prisoner, he played in Count of Monte Cristo, and famously, he played Jesus in The Passion of the Christ. A uh, good film, I do recommend that film. Uh, interestingly enough, Paul, Apostle of Christ, has a higher IMDb audience score than The Passion. So the audiences of, of Paul, Apostle of Christ, rank this higher than The Passion. And we'll talk about that a little bit later and our thoughts on that. But let's review the trailer. Let's, let's listen to this trailer and see what we think this movie's about. I, Luke, send a message to all those that follow our Lord Jesus Christ. There is a terrible evil in the world. Darkness is spreading. I know you are suffering persecution. Faith is being tested. So a few things real quick that were good about the movie. It did show the persecution in Rome, and it did mention that the, the persecution was limited to Rome. That outside of the immediate boundaries of Rome, there wasn't this persecution going on. A lot of Christians don't understand that. They think that uh, during Nero, the entire world was persecuting Christians in the same way that Nero's Rome was persecuting Christians. No, in, in the, Nero's time in Rome, Christians were being persecuted for the specific reason that uh, they were said to have started the fires in Rome, which was probably Nero himself who started the fires. But this movie gets that down. It, it understands that and communicates that. So that is good. That is, that is a positive about this movie. I know you question the way, but I've come to Rome to find Paul, to write his story, to bring hope, to bring light into this present darkness. So this movie starts with Luke traveling to Rome to meet Paul in a dark, danky dungeon prison in order to write Acts. And uh, let's, we'll keep playing this trailer. And to remind us all how God changed a hateful man who will change the history of the world. I don't think that was part of the plot of the movie. I'm not dreaming. Stain with the blood of her brothers and sisters. No! This is what trusting God gets you. People are desperate. We're the only light left in this city. I cannot fix their faith. You can inspire their faith. You risk people looking to me before Christ. The day I heard you preach, my God, I saw Christ in you. There are men, women, children that will never meet you. There must be a handwritten account of your acts. What do you really know about these Christians? I am concerned with these documents. We've got to get these out of Rome. <laughs> it's trying to make it seem like there's this uh, subplot where there's this smuggling of documents out of Rome. Uh, there's not. There's a lot of like writing scenes where they're writing down the documents and then the Romans get a hold of them and they read them and they're just like, oh, this is fine. You guys can have your documents back. That's not an actual subplot. Do you think that we are plotting an escape? Write another word and I send you to whatever god you want. Luke! They've gathered men to overthrow Rome. To what end? Justice! They want revenge. No! Why not? Love is the only way. <laughs> so there's these Christians and uh, they want to overthrow Rome. They want to unite with the people who are enemies of Nero. 
and I'm, I'm, I'm saying this like as if there's like real scenes that develop this point. There's not. There's like like this one flimsy conversation and then there's a scene where they grab swords and they run into the prison and they kill like two guards. And then they run over to to Paul and Luke who are in prison at the time and they're like, we're here to get you out. And Luke and Paul are like, no, we can't question the government. Love prevails. And so then they're just like, oh, and then they it disappears. It's like it's a subplot that goes nowhere and has no real lasting effects, no character development. It was just a scene that they added with, it didn't add to the movie. It was just a scene in the movie with nothing. It didn't contribute anything to the movie. When the moment comes, you will have the strength to do what is right. We let people die today. This world doesn't know a thing about love. abounds grace abounds more all right i'm gonna stop it right there so so watching that trailer what might you think that this movie's about right maybe there's some insurrection plot maybe there's a document smuggling plot maybe what's going on there is it is it this action-packed story of the apostle paul in prison here's a spoiler spoiler alert there is no plot. There is zero plot to this movie. You watch it, and what this movie is, instead of having a plot, what it is is someone wrote out a script, and every single scene involves two people talking to each other, and then in between there's a transition to another scene of two different people talking to each other. So it's a, a cascading series of two people talking, and maybe sometimes there's a group talking, and then it transitions back to two other people talking. It's just a, it's a, just, just a big, long dialogue. So is there a story? I couldn't figure it out. My boys, I brought my uh, twin 10-year-olds there with me, and they were bored out of their minds because there's no plot. So a couple other things that the movie does is it uh, kind of sets up the history in a way where they actually reference things that are historical, but they do it in too obvious of a way. So, for example, the the prison guard, the, the, the general who oversees the prison, he makes this comment about serving 20 years to get citizenship. Okay, okay, that was that was kind of forced. We understand that you understand, writer, that uh, Roman legionaries, the auxiliaries, would be granted citizenship after 20 years. You didn't have to make an overt reference in the movie. It didn't add to the movie. And you didn't use it in any way. It, it didn't. It didn't give us any information or character development. It was just you trying to nod to the audience that you understand that historical fact. The, the diff- different sacrifices, the different uh, gods they could sacrifice to. One thing this movie does that's really, really bad is that it just assumes their entire audience is Christian, and all the audience understands all these different aspects being introduced into this movie. A meaning of baptism, what baptism is. There's a scene where, where it shows Paul's baptism, but it just shows him underwater. It doesn't explain what's happening, that it actually is a baptism. And if, if you're, you're someone who's not already a Christian and don't understand basic elements of what's going on there, the film doesn't explain it. And that happens over and over in these flashback scenes where... Unless you've already read the Bible, you're not going to understand what's going on. You're going to be lost. You're going to be confused 
because it's 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 presuming a level of knowledge that uh, non-Christians just just won't have unless they have studied Christianity in some depth. That's that's a bad thing to do in a movie. If you're making a movie, make sure that your audience could come in with a blank slate and still be able to follow your film. Understand what's going on. Understand these different elements. And don't do it in a way where it's like, oh, I remember when I got citizenship after 20 years of service, as people are apt to do, because because that's a thing in Rome. And just, you, you got to put it in more subtly than that. So th this film struggles on many levels. And, and the biggest flaw with this film, I think, is it's not a film. It's not a movie. You watch it and uh, there's no plot. There's no rising action. There's no climax. There's no no <laughs> deceleration of uh, action. There's no real conclusion. It's It's not a movie. Instead, what you have is just a combination of various scenes of two people talking together, transitioning to a scene of two other people talking together, transitioning into a scene of like uh, 12 people talking in a room very unpassionately. Like the scenes which which you really think that they should be debating, they're they're all very respectful. And let's speak one at a time. And yeah, there'll be a little bit of tensions. We'll raise our voice a little bit, but we won't do it with with the, the dynamic, we, we don't care about our own speeches, is, is the feeling you get from a lot of these dialogues. And one of these reviews, it says that it's done in dramatic whisper. Yeah, it, it feels like it is. It's, it gets to be incredibly tedious. Another thing about film is uh, one of the rules is show, don't tell. So instead of saying, hey, remember all those things that we did back whenever, uh, yeah, remember that? Yeah, that was pretty cool. And then here's our point. No, you don't talk about things you have done. Show those things. Have a flashback. And th this this movie has maybe three or four flashbacks. And even those are mishandled in pretty dramatic ways. In one scene, it's about Paul persecuting the church. And so they have a conversation, Luke and Paul, about Paul persecuting the church. Then they have an entire flashback without any dialogue, him persecuting the church. And then they flash back to the two talking again about him persecuting the church. It's incredibly tedious. Three scenes. There should be one scene right there. It makes the entire movie drag on and on. And I brought my boys. I brought my 10-year-old twins to this movie. And uh, you, you, I felt so bad. I felt so bad for these boys who are sitting there enduring this endless dialogue with no end, no purpose, no character development, no plot development, didn't add anything to the movie. And it was just repetitious. Repetitious is the word because a lot of the dialogue, the two characters will have the dialogue and then it'll flash over to that one of those two characters talking to a third character, having a dialogue between those two, and then then flashing to another dialogue, two people talking about the same thing over and over, and it doesn't add to the plot. That conversation didn't further the plot in any meaningful way to add to any real results. There's no plot. There's no, there's no action. It's just dialogue, people talking. It's not even like a biblical dialogue. They're not talking about historical things that actually happened. They're not quoting the Bible per se. <laughs> they're not. They're just, this is a fictional story set in a time where Paul is waiting a trial by Nero to be put to death for the burning of Rome. It's entirely fictional, and th there's, there's, there's no story. So here's the question. 
any film, any film you watch, is this a story that needed to be told? No, there's no story in this movie. It's just awful. So I don't understand. Flipping to the reviews here. <laughs> We're going to scroll over here. 41% of professional critics said this was a good movie. I'm, I'm, I'm really struggling with this one. 41% of people who are professionally paid to professionally review movies said this was a good movie. That's, that's painful. These people should be fired. Audience score. 89%, which makes me think, it brings me to believe that these thousand people who are reviewing this movie are Christians who think because this is a Christian film, it's got to be a good film. This is a fictional film set in a historical setting without a plot. This is not, it might be a Christian movie in the sense that the characters are based off of historical people that we know of and some of the dialogue it's it's almost like they open the bible to different of Paul's letters and they stripped out phrases out of context ripped it out of context and just threw it into the dialogue of this movie and it doesn't make sense it's like they don't understand the context of Paul's original letters for example let's take Paul's letter to the Corinthians 1 Corinthians 15, now if Christ has preached that he has been raised from the dead, how do some among you say that there is no resurrection of the dead? But if there is no resurrection of the dead, then Christ is not risen. If Christ is not risen, then our preaching is empty and your faith is also empty. So what's the point going on here? So he's talking to a Christian audience, a Christian audience who some people are teaching them that there's no such thing as a resurrection of the dead. They're like the Sadducees, right? Once you're dead, you're gone and there's, you can't be raised again. And once you're dead, all hope is in vain. And so Paul's saying, since you already believe that Jesus rose from the dead, you show that you already believe in the resurrection. But if you claim that there is no resurrection of the dead, you're denying that Christ has risen and your entire belief system is in vain. It's, it's worthless if Christ has not risen from the dead. So by your own standards, because you believe Christ rose from the dead, you should reject these other people saying that there's no resurrection of the dead. So, so, so take that reference and then let's go back to Paul, the apostle of Christ. There's a scene in the movie which Paul is talking to the Roman general who oversees the prison. And he throws out that line. And uh, the Roman general is not a Christian. Uh, he thinks that Paul is a magician or, or something like that. He, he's not... He doesn't worship the right gods. He's worshiping a false god is, is his impression of Paul. And so Paul throws that out there, that line, that if Christ is not risen, my preaching is all false. <laughs> it's Okay, so what's that going to prove to someone who doesn't accept that uh, Jesus is the Messiah or Jesus rose from the dead? It's not going to prove anything to them. The, the point in context in 1 Corinthians 15 was because these people already hold the premise that Jesus rose from the dead. That's what validates their belief in a future resurrection of the body. It doesn't work when he's using that argument to someone who doesn't accept the basic premise that Christ rose from the dead. Oh, it's painful. It's painful. And this movie does this all the time. They take little snippets of Paul. They pull it out of context. They don't understand to whom Paul was talking, in which context, what points he's trying to make. And they just, they shuffle it into this dialogue between two characters just so that the audience could be like, I've read the Bible. I know where that quote's from. Ha ha, I'm tracking. Paul wrote that in this letter. So because you reference it in a completely different context, in a context that doesn't at all match 
match with the letter, what that was talking about, the context of that letter, the point he's making in that context, because those two phrases look similar, I'm following, I'm tracking here. This is a good Christian dialogue. Oh, it's so bad. the, The entire dialogue was written by someone who does not understand the New Testament. To whom, what was written, why it was written. It doesn't understand Paul's ministry to the Gentiles versus Paul's interactions with the Jews. It doesn't understand the dynamics with early paganism, uh, the the worship of the Roman or Greek deities as opposed to the ministry of Paul. Did Paul argue on Mars Hill the same thing that he argued to the Jews? He didn't. They're a different audience. Different arguments work on different audience depending on the context, depending on what beliefs that your audience has prior to even engaging in a conversation. The writer of this script didn't understand that. He just pulled phrases out of context and willy-nilly stapled them wherever he could to try to give quasi-biblical sense to his script. It's a bad script. It's bad writing. All right, let's read some of these reviews. Here's Robert Abel. A few minutes of thriller-like tension early on gives way to a lot of tediously scripted scenes of whisper acting that rarely breathe life and humanity into what should be a potent turning point story in a religion's history. Uh, Gold Star, this is a good review, and uh, this guy is completely accurate. This is not this is not a movie that doesn't have anything that holds your attention. It doesn't have any plot to speak of. It's got a couple subplots, but the subplots are incredibly contrived, and they don't add anything. They, there's there's no character development. In any of these stories, no one really learns anything. There's there's that uh, Roman general who kind of learns a little bit of affinity with the Christians. It doesn't do anything. It's it's no life changing event, and uh, it, it's this is not a movie. We're we're not watching a movie here. This is just someone wrote a bunch of dialogue out and then they filmed people doing that dialogue. It's not a movie. Here's this person, Diana Sagner, watching this amazing film about history and drama about history. Not about history. History and drama will remain in your mind and thoughts days after seeing it in the theater. Oh, I hope not. I hope not, Diane Sagner. Here's Simon Foster. Well-crafted and solidly dramatic, the film rises above recent shoddy, preachier biblical renderings. You should be fired, Mr. Foster. You should be fired. Let's talk a little bit about Acts. Since this, this is supposedly a story about the writing of Acts, and it kind of is, there's some scenes, and this is a really bad thing that this does, that, like, remember how we were talking about how three scenes should have been one? There, there's a series of nights in which Luke goes back and forth between the prison to get Paul's story. So he writes it one night, and then he come, there's things that happen during the day. He comes back the next night. This should all be one night. It doesn't need to take multiple nights to write down this story. And it's, it's, it's just contrived into the plot of this movie so that the Romans might be like, Oh, what are they doing? Are they trying to escape? Oh, it turns out they're not trying to escape. Plot twist. Plot twist. And so this whole, whole show is kind of about the writing of Acts. Uh, kind of not. It's a, it's a subplot that doesn't add anything to the movie. It doesn't add any tension or anything. But what is the book of Acts written for? The book of Acts is written by Luke to legitimatize the ministry of Paul. Paul, of course, was abrasive. He wasn't well-liked, especially in the Jewish Christian community. He had a lot of issues with people. And so the book of Acts was writing Christian history in a way that said that 
Paul was part of this legitimate church history. You had see a transition in the book of Acts from the 12 apostles to Paul. You get a little bit of Paul early on, but then you hit about Acts 9, you get a conversion experience, and pretty much the rest of the book is about Paul, Paul's actions, Paul's ministry, and he's, he's now the new protagonist. It shifts from the 12. Early Acts is about the 12 apostles, and then it shifts into Paul. It's, it's a transition. It legitimizes Paul's ministry. Let's talk a little bit about the acting in this film. And like that one review said, there's a lot of whisper acting where these actors are trying to be philosophical and profound. And it just comes off very, very inauthentic and very forced. And it's a lot like these uh, Jesus portrayals that we see on these various uh, Jesus stories where Jesus is this either happy, philosopher, stoic, and passive. And someone will ask Jesus a question and he'll respond thoughtfully. That's not who Paul was. If you read Acts, if you read Paul's letters, he's a very fiery, passionate person. Remember, this is a person who led uh, persecution against the Christians, killing Christians, and then turn around, turned around and led a Christian movement. <laughs> From the group that he was persecuting, he turned around and became a leader. He was very outspoken. He was very bold. He had a commanding presence. And they turn him into this Gandhi type of passive professor of uh, logic and and love, and it's that's not who Paul was. Uh, you just just read the New Testament. That's not who Paul was. It's not his personality. It's this fake Christianity personality that Hollywood, try, like Christian Hollywood, Christian Hollywood tries to press that all Christians should be passive and and not be outspoken, and not be bold. That's that's just not who Paul was. Read Galatians. That's a very fiery letter. You, you feel his passion. Who should have played Paul is not this uh, James Faulkner person. It should have been the guy who played the Punisher. Uh, that guy's a Jew, right? When I was your age, I probably wouldn't care too much about what I had to say either. My parents were basically senior citizens. They couldn't control me. And all I wanted to do is... I wanted to hurt people, and I did, I hurt people. Is that what you want? That would have been a commanding presence. That would be someone who could control a room, someone who would be bold and wouldn't be this uh, passive, meek person. That, that's, that's who Paul should have been. But so, <laughs> casting aside, I think that's, that's what they were going for, was this passive, non-bold, just uh, reactive Christianity. And you really felt that in a lot of these scenes where... The, you, you don't feel the heat. You don't feel the passion. You don't feel like these people actually believe that that's what, what is happening in their lives. They've actually internalized. And there's one scene where one of the actors tries to be passionate, saying, oh, these Romans are killing us. We need to rise against them. And then the lady who plays uh, Priscilla, she's like, we have these thoughts. We understand what you're saying. But she's all stoic and calm. She's saying, we've internalized this and we've accepted this. It's like, oh, this is bad. Who wrote this dialogue? It's bad dialogue. You don't feel it. One lady that I have to give props to is the person who played Irenica. And Irenica was the wife of this Roman general who, in the, in the film, she looks like she's about 30. And he was in the military for 20 years. So what, were they married when she was like 10? She's like, I've been waiting for you here for you while you're out doing... 
It's like you must have got married at 10 years old or something. But she's actually a decent actress. And you, she plays a mother who has a sick child who's dying. And she's praying to these Roman gods to heal her kid. And it's just not working. She actually shows the passion. But then you get these corny, scripted, forced scenes of tension between her and her husband where they're discussing uh, their their inability to get their child healed by appealing to the Roman gods. And then there's this, this really corny scene where he grabs her neck like this. He grabs her neck and it plays some ominous music and then he lets go of her and, and that's that. Bye-bye to that scene. That doesn't add anything to the plot. If a, if a scene does not add to the plot, there's no plot in this movie, so I don't know what it would add to. If a scene doesn't add to a plot, you cut it. The original cut of Star Wars, absolute trash until it reached the cutting room floor and they cut out all the scenes that didn't actually add anything and turned the original Star Wars into a good movie. So cut the scenes that don't add to the plot, don't add to character development. If, if the film works with that, there, there's a lot of scenes that you could have added that would be explanatory. Baptism. People coming into this movie, if you're a pagan and don't have that Christian background, you're not going to understand what the baptism is. You won't ex understand the persecution going on. Why was Paul persecuting the Christians? There, there's there's some, some monologue about that, but you don't feel it. You're not involved, and you can't really internalize it with, with that little bit of monologue. They should have devoted this movie. They're, they're spending, what, $5 million, and this is a movie that's called Paul, Apostle of Christ. It doesn't even touch really on the life of Paul. It should, should have been, this movie should have been filmed as a bioptic of his life and his transition from uh, someone who persecuted the Christians to someone who became the prime advocate of Christianity and his struggles and, and his internalization of his new life. That's not what this was about at all. Instead, we flash forward to a scene where she's in prison, which is not anywhere described in the Bible, and then this boring monologue about this potential plot against Nero by Christians. and uh, it's, it's not a movie. We're not watching a movie when we're watching this. I, these, these people who are upvoting this movie, saying this is a good movie, I don't know which movie you watched. It's probably not the same movie as me. So let's talk a few good things about the movie. A few good things is they understand some historical tidbits that they add into the film for extra effects, saying we have done some research on this time period. Uh, the costumes seem to be accurate, although they did have that Roman legionnaire wearing maybe leather armor, if I saw correctly. The, the legionnaires didn't wear leather armor. And uh, that probably could have protected his life. That was his one mistake in the Roman legionnaire is wearing the leather armor. He should have opted for that metal armor like all his friends had, and his life would have been saved. But uh, this is, a, lot, a lot of times these films, they're, they could be pretty terribly written, but you can still show them to your kids to get a sense of what life was like back then. And there are a few scenes in which you kind of get a feel for how they live. There is scenes of persecution, which adds somewhat to the plot and it gives you some sense of the persecution going on but they should have bumped this up to an r-rated movie this is pg-13 and they should have shown more of that they should have got us invested in the characters shown us the real tragedy and the persecution going on in rome not outside of rome in rome of the christians during the time of nero it doesn't do that 
So not very many positives. And my boys, 10-year-olds, they couldn't follow the movie. The movie was confusing. There was too much dialogue. It didn't get you invested. It didn't make you care about any of the plots because, because the dialogue was so convoluted. And they, they force-fed into the dialogue certain things that they think Christianity advocates. So a lot, a lot of little scenes about love, love. There's, there's the Corinthians uh, love passage that's kind of forced into it. Like, like, what's going on? This is cringy dialogue. I'm sitting here in my seat and I'm cringing down. I'm cringing down. It's like, this is, whoever wrote this script should be fired. Don't ever write another script again, guy. All right, so... <laughs> I think this was a bad movie, uh, two thumbs down, and uh, it could have used a lot of work. They could have used that money a lot wiser, and uh, you watch it. Watch the movie, see if I'm accurate, and uh, <laughs> tell me what you think about that. So if you, if you uh, have any questions or comments about this video, start a thread on God is Open Facebook page, comment on the video, send questions to godisopenquestions at gmail.com. Thank you for listening. Oh, 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 oh,